Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Carl Sagan once said, one of the saddest lessons of history is this. If we've been bamboozled long enough, we tend to reject any evidence of the bamboozle. We're no longer interested in finding the truth. The bamboozle has captured us. It's simply too painful to acknowledge, even to ourselves, that we have been taken. Once you give a charlatan power over, you almost never get it back. Why am I bringing this up right off the bat? We're talking about Philip Marshall, talking about his works, his author. Like, he was a great author, dude. He did some serious digging on 9-11. And the book that probably got him killed was titled The Big Bamboozle. And he cites Carl Sagan's quote in coming up with this title. Um, If you go and look online, this book, The Great Bamboozle by Philip Marshall, uh, is going for conservatively like 100 bucks for a paperback. Um, He's got some other works that we'll get into a little bit later. But this dude really was poking around in the wrong areas. And he seems to have paid the ultimate price for it, man. So, uh, Brandon, I, I know that you were digging around, too, on Philip Marshall, some of these other whistleblowers, which we have done episodes on whistleblowers before. But this dude kind of takes it to another level. And it's kind of interesting what he dug up. It's a local thing to us. Pinal County uh, is literally, quite frankly, in my backyard. I mean, it's 20, 30 minutes away. Um, fascinating fascinating shit man did you find anything uh particularly interesting because i know that it's hard for you to get excited about certain conspiracy theories did you think about this whole whole deal here i mean all the hallmarks of a you know suiciding conspiracy theory right i it's it, yeah. it's, it's as we're going to get into this guy didn't uh, and uh, what as as is to be expected from someone who is uh as was as deep into uh, covert oper- operations for as long as he was, he didn't quite have his life together. Uh, if you look at his at his personal shit too, he now that can you can look at that and say like, well, what a great explanation for why someone would commit suicide themselves, as you were going to get into, or what a perfect target to get suicided into. So yeah. the devil's in the details. Uh, I'm excited to get into it, man. Yeah, dude. And like you said, it, to me, it seems like a dead giveaway that he was a absolute target for uh, government suicide tied in with Barry Seal, um, tied in with the Bush administration, tied in with the intelligence community. So uh, what he was up to was very, very interesting. And I find it fascinating, part, not just because it was really just like, like I said, down the street from where I live. Um, you know, I've driven past the Pinal Air Park countless times. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I never really thought much of it, but when I started hearing things that this was a potential 
CIA boneyard or a CIA refurbishing site for planes. Um, and then when you start learning about the allegations that Philip Marshall was making and the the role that this air park played in training the Saudi Arabians that were supposedly the 19 hijackers that, you know, took down the Twin Towers and attacked the Pentagon and the other plane that landed in in Pennsylvania. It's interesting when you really start digging into it. Um, so just a brief history on Philip Marshall really quick. Uh, he wrote a couple books on 9-11, the Bush administration. He painted these guys in a really bad light, okay? Um, the work that likely got him killed uh, was back in 2013. It was called The Big Bamboozle. Like I mentioned, these books on Amazon are going for like insanely high prices for a paperback. There is he also wrote... There is a, a a movie, though, about him. Also, I want to point that out called Unthinkable, an airline captain's story uh, where they they it's about him. But they rename the uh, main character uh, ever so. Uh, uh, what do you say? Like, uh, you know, they, they weren't trying too hard here, but they call him Marshall Phillips there. So you guys can check that wow. out as well. Yeah. So it's just backwards. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, so like and because there's that American Maid, which is about Barry Seal, a, a yeah. close, close associate of his. I think Tom Cruise plays that role, too. You know, I still haven't seen that movie, man. I need to fucking watch that as, as deep as I am in this shit. I need to watch that kind of stuff. But um, he also wrote uh, False Flag 9-11, how Bush, Cheney and the Saudis created the post 9-11 world. And this was back in 2008. So, I mean, this guy was digging in all the wrong areas. And so after his death, the, the uh, Lakefront Airport was released. And this is going for currently on Amazon between seven and $800. This is released back in 2013. Again, when Philip Marshall uh, was suicided. And I mean, it's pretty interesting, dude. I, you know, I find this kind of stuff fascinating. 9-11 is always going to be something that people are very interested in. And I mean, it's even better that it's just right down the street where all this shit took place, man. So um, with that being said, guys, this episode's brought to you first and foremost by our Patreon subscribers. Uh, the, the Patreon army is really blowing up. Okay, I'll tell you that right now. We're starting to get some support. Very, very thankful for that. Um, you can go over to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast and uh, you can subscribe for three dollars. You can get the extended versions of all these episodes. You can throw down five dollars and uh, you can get the, uh, you know, bonus episodes that we release, which is uh, solo episodes for each of us. I do uh, one to two a week of the Ryan's Rants. Brandon's going to get on that Brandon's Bible uh, version of what he's doing on his own. And uh, we're just having fun with that. Lots of good information. You know, John McAfee just died today. I don't know if he killed himself or if uh, someone killed him or if he's even dead. Right. Talked about that. Uh, breaking news over there. What do you think about that before we move on uh, from here, Brandon? Do you think that that is a weird timing type deal or do you think that it makes sense that he would kill himself? So he's jailed for illegal travel while he's under investigation for tax evasion, right? Again, yeah. a, per, a, a perfectly legitimate reason. It is strange that he only owed a little bit less than $5 million. He seemed yeah. like a very on-principle kind of guy. I don't know if it was uh, especially like... I don't know if he was really in debt that much where he couldn't pony up that $5 million because this guy was in league with Intel. You know, this is a this is a big, big time... Uh, uh, in, uh, t technology pr uh, creator. Um, and I mean, again, a 
he's killed in a his his Barcelona uh, jail cell. I mean, it reeks of, of Epstein to me, so it won't be too long, I figure, before all of our compatriots uh, hop on this. We're going to have to get into the details. I know they still haven't released uh, information about whether or not there is uh, video uh, in that in that yeah. jail cell or in that part of his uh, of his jail. So we'll uh, we'll get to hear hear more as it comes about. That that five million dollars, uh, you guys should note, uh, was apparently made while he was uh, giving some talks to people about investing in cryptocurrency just to mm-hmm. make make that web even 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 wider and more complex there you know i know he was planning on uh, creating his own cryptocurrency i don't know if he ever got around to that or not but it's very interesting and then when when you uh when he died literally the same hour that i found out that he died on his instagram he posted a picture of a white background with a black letter q in it you can check this out right now for yourself, Brandon. I mean, he posted just a letter, just Q. And what's even more fascinating about this, and I'm sure by the time this episode comes out on Friday, the 25th of June, uh, you know, there may be more information about this, but uh, there was metadata in the uh, picture that John McAfee posted the hour of his death after he died um, that gave instructions if you plug this picture into photoshop there was instructions looked like either gps coordinates or something to where he was going to be able to uh essentially like expose some shit like kind of like a dead man switch type deal and he did claim to have a dead man switch with several terabytes of data incriminating globalist type figures bill gates he's very very against um he's against a lot of these high profile people so i find it interesting that that he he was posting pictures after he died uh not that he didn't die but uh something interesting going on there dude so we're we're gonna probably uh you know learn more information about that i'm going to be talking with a very very interesting guy named ryan kruger who directed a movie called uh fried berry and this is going to be this Sunday. That episode will come out Tuesday, uh, the following week. And um, I, I would recommend that you all watch that movie. It's exclusive to Shudder. Um, you can get download a free week and you can watch that movie. But this guy is a uh, brilliant mind. Pretty interesting movie that he directed. And uh, it's from South Africa. All about aliens. It fits right into like everything that that we're all interested in right now. So that's uh, some homework if you guys want to take up uh, that offer there. It might uh, might make that episode a little more interesting, but we're going to talk about all kinds of shit. Um, obviously, Dangerous World Store is always something that uh, we are trying to push. That's something that you can go, you can uh, buy shirts, you can get stickers, you can uh, get all the merch and the swag shit that you want. Uh, what else, Brandon? Manscaped? I mean, I, it, we've been we've been shaving pretty heavy. We've been looking nice and smooth and it's fun. You know, I do enjoy using Manscaped because I was even thinking today, dude, when I was uh, when I was using that lawnmower, uh, I always have bought my razors from like Ross. You know what I mean? Like just getting like uh, like nice stuff, but it's discounted. It's a little off and they always snag my hairs and shit. So like using the lawnmower 4.0, it uh, it cuts my hair right off. I've tried to cut my ball sack with it and it just doesn't cut it. So um, like I said, guys, I mean, support for uh, the Dangerous World podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best 
men's below the waist grooming uh, products out there, man. Um, so, you know, you can use that promo code danger. You can get 20% off all their products. You don't have to buy that lawnmower. You can get the ball deodorant. You can get the foot duster, which is like foot deodorant shit. Um, the soap, I got some the other day and it is phenomenal. It smells like you're rubbing cologne on your body and there's no parabens. There's none of that toxic shit that's going to give you cancer a few years down the road. It's quality, quality stuff, man. What have you been using your manscape for, Brandon? I mean, uh, I'm not being too creative with it. I think I'm applying it, uh, to exactly the purpose that it was, it was built for. And yeah, still Shame no on you. <laughs> I know I should be more creative on this. No, still, uh, still no, com- no, no complaints on it, guys. Uh, I'm, I've been using it, uh, you know, as often as I need to since the day that you guys heard that Manscaped came, uh, came aboard. And, yeah. um, they did that, that again, I'll, I'll tell you the, the light on it, that it's a, it's a little, like easy to miss feature or easily overlooked feature by other uh, manufacturers and never again. Well, I've, this is like raised the bar for me. Never again. will I shave a darkened ball sack. Uh, so yeah. thank you manscaped for that. It's not only that dude. Like I use mine for my face. The the one that they just sent me, I use for my face dude. And it does help. Um, and like I said, man, it just the difference between using something shitty that you buy at like a discount provider like Ross uh, Dress for Less or any of these other things. This thing, uh, you get what you pay for, man. I love this thing. Um, it, it supposedly it lasts for years and years. So check them out, manscaped.com. Uh, get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code danger at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code danger and unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped okay people do yourself a favor do your girlfriend a favor or if you're gay do your boyfriend a favor and if you're a chick you i mean you can you can shave your lips with it too you know what i mean again it, it doesn't matter i i thought that they should call themselves personscaped but they don't need to because they are doing the right thing they're doing right by their clientele and i love what they're doing over there and i i really appreciate them um use that code by the end of the month because hopefully they will continue staying on board with us. But we are doing this trial run and we're really trying to push that right now, guys. So uh, support us, uh, you know, purchase from a great company like them. And uh, we'll be able to keep them on board and keep giving you some great content. They help us get a little closer to making this our permanent jobs. And we can talk about things like Barry Seal and Philip Marshall and how they were tied in with 9-11, dude. So um, I want to ask you brandon what was the most interesting thing about philip marshall's deal i have a recording that i want to play soon here uh just talking about how impossible philip marshall believes it was um you know this guy is an experienced pilot he worked for i think united airline has fifteen thousand plus hours in a cockpit of 757s and 767s these are those big fucking planes right um he he's not just some run-of-the-mill fuck worked close with the cia and with uh, the intelligence agency um so so when he is blowing the whistle it's different than uh you know like an alex jones uh or any of these types but uh what was interesting to you uh, like if you were to just gun the head, the, the one thing that blew your mind about this whole thing. So one thing that I heard from many of his, uh, well, the, 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 the many interviews with him that I heard 
and something that's easy to surmise yourself, I think, is that this group of co of former covert operation uh, operative pilots that that group is a small one and they remain tightly knit Mm -hmm. and uh because of his connections over all these years of running these kinds of operations and then his his work in the civilian field too you gotta know that there's going to be some of this what i would call reverse ad hominem going on where you're 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 looking at whatever this guy says about the realities that any given plane can do on any given day in any given pilot's hands you got to look at what he's saying and at least, uh, you know, measure it with a with a carefully calibrated me- measuring stick. Um, he uh, he himself was raising doubts about the fact that um, he didn't think that since these uh, 9-11 hijackers, the assailants were allegedly trained in some Florida air parks and in some Arizona air parks, but yep. only in like Cessnas, like little little smaller planes. He couldn't see, that he, he couldn't rationalize how someone could uh, fly a, a, a 747 into the Pentagon in, a way, in the way that they did based on the flight logs, based on the uh, black, blocks informa- black box information, uh, and not have stepped behind the wheel of a 747 before. And that brings us to the uh, the, the, the Pinal uh, Air Park. And, and we'll get into the details, the financial uh, goings-ons of, of there and how Pinal was actually formerly a, uh, a CIA uh, uh, operation uh, it's location It's been around for well, a while. Right? While yeah. we're on here, can you confirm that they were 747s or were they 757s or 767s yeah, that were used that. on 9-11 uh, during the attacks? Because I've heard very mixed information. Maybe a quick Google search may just kind of give us some kind of information on that. But I mean, my question, too, is what happens if you bought one of his books off Amazon? Are they priced so insane that it it should discourage the average consumer from buying one? Like it's or like the IRS is going to at least know like, oh, they spent eight hundred dollars somewhere. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I mean, not only that, I mean, this isn't like the Hunter Biden paintings, right? Like where Hunter Biden is now the richest artist in the country. Have you heard about this? No, no. You haven't heard that Hunter Biden is selling fucking paintings. He's literally considered an artist now. I mean, I, I, I you know, George W. Bush joined that uh, that group, too. And recently, I, I think it was an Italian artist. He sold some millions of dollars for a uh, he sold for some millions of dollars of work a piece of artwork that was literally nothing empty space no. so the art Brand. the art the Understand art cr- the the art crowd oh. uh, i have i have um no, no problem saying that I don't understand what's going on uh, with. No, them. no, no. The CIA is very. They've admitted <laughs> that that art is a great money laundering scheme. Okay. Now Hunter Biden, who has no experience in art, is selling paintings upwards of five hundred thousand dollars. Okay, this is more money laundering because they're not able to get away with as much money laundering as as they used to be able to. The Biden crime family is literally tapping into Hunter Biden and selling paintings. And he's, you know, he's also teaching fake news courses at colleges. You know what I mean? Hunter Biden has, I mean, this has been a great couple of years for him financially speaking. still 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 looking for the downfall i think rudy rudy is still uh saying he's going to come out with that info just to uh, to update you on those 911 air uh, airplanes here so there's four yep. commercial airliners taken over in total two boeing 757s and two boeing 767s okay so the two planes so 747s have nothing to do with this yeah, and, yeah i'm sorry 
no, no, you're good. Um, so this is what uh, what uh, Philip Marshall's expertise is in. He fly he flew those two planes for United um, and and American Airlines and United Airlines were the planes that were allegedly used in the 9/11 attacks. Um, now Barry, or, I'm sorry, uh, Philip Marshall's theory here is that they used this field in Pinal County again, just down the street from me. That's why I find this so fascinating. They used this field that was in operation since World War II that they would they would take these, you know, it's a boneyard, right? It's a, essentially it's a junkyard for airplanes. They would put together these Frankenstein airplanes. And, and uh, Philip Marshall even commented that the, uh, the, the uh, structure of the planes was very interesting. When he would watch them in slow motion, uh, he watched these several, several times. And he said that they didn't look normal. This is where that theory that the planes were, in fact, drones that were simply just thrown together by these elite mechanics and these technicians that were paid by the CIA and the government to throw these things together and make it look like they were united, like they were American Airlines. And there was, in fact, no one on board these planes and they drone struck these fucking buildings. He also talks about, uh, you know, in another interview, elaborate upon the fact that, you know, banks a lot of the times own these planes. So since banks own these planes and when they're going in between airlines, whoever's going to have the lease on them, that they will just park these fully functioning planes right here in air parks slash boneyards like Pinnell Airport. Uh, yep. themselves so he's also he's also saying that another possibility is that hey if you're wondering how these guys could drive these 767s and uh, so well well you've got a perfect uh blank air park for them to to, to fly around the the uh, a place where the cia has already had their fingers uh in the in the honeypot already yeah dude i mean i'll get more into the Pinal air park uh later in the episode here um, definitely before we get into the Patreon portion, because it is fascinating how it's connected with the mob. It's connected with uh, both Bush administrations, especially. And it, like I said, it's been in operation since World War II. Essentially, the county of Pinal owned the land. Then the government kind of took it out from under them uh, in order to create this little airfield. Or I shouldn't say little. It's the biggest of its kind. It's like 2,200 acres. Um, they, they took this airfield out from under them and they put a ton of money into it just to run it for three years. And then they gave it right back to Pinal County. But ever since then it was in operation, uh, for these, the CIA covert black ops. Um, but jumping back really quick to Philip Marshall here, he appeared on coast to coast, the famous radio show, everyone's favorite show, Art Bell. Gotta love that fucking shit, dude. Um, he appeared on the show claiming that 9-11 was a power grab by the uh, what he claimed to be the, like this dangerous Bush administration. I think a lot of us would agree that the Bush administration was was lethal for, uh, you know, patriotism and for the country as a whole. Uh, but this was in order to uh, sort of attempt to establish a shadow government within the CIA, uh, the FBI um, sort of anyone that that like these unelected officials, right? Um, seriously, like like Bush, dude. The the senior Bush, I don't think a lot of people realize how dangerous this guy was. Um, 
the fact that you have a former CIA director, even though he was only director for one year, becoming president after your CIA director seems shady, right? Um, now, I, I don't think a lot of people would disagree with that, but a lot of people just don't know that that Bush Sr. was a CIA director, uh, albeit one year, but still, I mean, that's pretty similar. It's not that rare that a, a CIA director only is in power for one year. Now, uh, Marshall also claimed on the Coast to Coast show that the FBI was a uh, it, it, it gave him conclusive proof that the hijackers were trained in not only Arizona, but California and Florida as well. And uh, in the 18 months prior is really when they went into go mode, uh, you know, uh, in, in essentially uh, December is like the formal uh, you know, start time. But uh, Philip Marshall believes that it was, uh, you know, before December of, of 20 uh, of 2000, I should say. So this former U.S. National Security Agency and officer, uh, this this dude named Wayne Madsen revealed that he is 100 percent certain that the former pilot being Philip Marshall and his children were both killed in a black ops hit. OK, and it's not just him, Greg Ford. Kevin Barrett, who, uh, you know, this Kevin Barrett founded the Muslim Jewish Christian Alliance for 9-11 Truth. That seems like a fucking apocalyptic society right there, dude. You can't get together Muslims, Jews, and Christians. I, I think South Park even did an episode on that. When they come together, it's bad shit that happens, okay? Dan Hennen uh, and then Greg Fernandez. These are all journalists, and these are all people with, like, high security clearance and uh, or former high security clearance. They all agree that this dude, Philip Marshall, was assassinated. Um, I want to play this clip before I get into what his neighbors thought. Um, you know, there was some very, very shady shit that happened uh, leading up to Philip Marshall's death and uh, just the way that the death was kind of treated and portrayed in the media. It's fascinating. And I think that we will... Uh, all kind of agree, dude, that there was some seriously uh, whacked out shit. No protocol was followed in cleaning up the crime scene. Uh, very, very out of the ordinary. But listen to this quick little uh, bit. It's about six minutes long, but it's fascinating. The information that Philip Marshall reveals talking about how uh, he thinks that this whole thing was carried out, being the attacks on 9-11 and how Marana or Pinal Air Park really played a role in it. Again, six minutes, guys, very, very much worth your time. Check this out. The attack was planned. Someone is going to launch this attack. One way or another, this attack is going to happen. How were these novice pilots able to fly as confidently as they did? Because I couldn't jump into the left seat in any of these aircraft, take a look at the POH, and do my thing. Well, how did these guys do this, and where did they receive their training, and who arranged that? was the first thing that really raised the red flag for me was when I got the NTSB reports and saw the flight patterns and the black box recordings and all that are very, very accurate. And they all lined up to the half second with everything. So I put that together. I've got all the black box recordings so people can see. They can go in there and look at it, especially airline. When airline pilots look at this thing, they go, holy smoke, how in the world did they know how to do that? So it's very obvious to me 
that they had a Boeing instructor and Boeing airplane. There was no doubt about that. For instance, I tried to fly the pattern of American 77, the one that hit the Pentagon, and I flew it 300 miles to the west <laughs> is where this Hani Hanjour who was the pilot, he was a Saudi guy from the same hometown as the Prince Bandar, who was documented as funding this operation through the Riggs Bank. He took the airplane from 300 miles west, made the perfect turnaround. Of course, that was a pretty easy one there because he was going west. So all he had to do is reverse course for his navigation. So then he came back into Washington. He came over Dulles Airport around 9,000 feet. He clicked the autopilot off at 7,000 feet, and you can see he kind of waved it a little bit. But that's to be, I, I mean, I can't imagine flying that airplane single pilot. You know, I rely on my co-pilot. You know, you're basically a two-headed, four-armed monster in that cockpit of one of those airliners, and you're checking and cross-checking, and we have all types of procedures that we're watching each other. You can't, almost doesn't cut it in the airline business. You know, oh, I almost got to 7,000 feet. I love leveled off at 6,000. Yeah, well, that's great, but you just killed 500 people. It doesn't cut it. But anyway, he clicked off the autopilot at 7,000 feet and coming right at the Pentagon. He, too, had National Airport locked in on his navigation. So on a beautiful day like that, he could pick up the target visually. And when he did that, he came over the Pentagon. He was way high. He was at 7,000 feet. And the Pentagon's not that easy to spot, really, from the air. It's kind of spread out building, and there's a lot of other buildings in the area. You really have to know what you're looking for. Now, he came down 7,000 feet, and he did a steep descending turn and rolled out at 2,500 feet with the Pentagon in the windshield in front of it. Now, think about what was going on at that time. They just killed two pilots. It was a murder scene. It was chaos. It was, I can't even imagine trying to stay focused in a situation like that. But this guy had the situational awareness to roll out at 2,500 feet and started diving towards the Pentagon. And then he pushed the throttles up to the firewall. Now, when I tried that in the simulator, yeah, I'm a pretty big guy. I'm 220 pounds, 6'3", 220, something like that. I could not hold the yoke down because those engines produce something like 60,000 pounds of thrust each. So that thing's climbing like a bat out of hell. So the only way, so I, I actually missed it on the first, I was 1,000 feet and climbing when I went over it the first time in the sim. It took me four tries to hit the building. And the only way I could do that was to start trimming the nose down before I pushed the throttles up. So according to the official intelligence community, this was this guy's first time in the cockpit of a 757? Yeah, sure. I don't think so. So that leads me to believe that, hey, somebody trained him. Can I find any evidence that someone trained them? Well, when I found the Congressional Joint Inquiry Report and learned that as soon as these guys hit the ground in Los Angeles on January 15th, they were met by employees of the Saudi Aviation Authority. And they were connected to a company called Dalla Afco, which is a Saudi operator, kind of a contractor for the Saudi government that operates Boeing airplanes. So that tells me right there, it's like, oh, there it is. I found where they got instructors from. And 
and I found out where they got the manuals from and the expertise that was needed to fly this particular mission. My next step was, okay, now I need to find an airport and I need to find airplanes. And all the reports, the FBI guys were following these guys out into this triangle out in Arizona. And I started looking around out there for, they have these storage airports that the banks own most of the airplanes that are leased by the airlines. And sometimes in between these leases, they're parked at these storage airports. And one airport really started to stick out. It had 757s and 767s parked on the field in the summer of 2001. And it was a CIA airport from back in the Air America days. So that started to raise some red flags. And then on top of that, there was number three got the CIA who was appointed by W in June of 2001. His firm was the one that was placing all these trades on the airlines that went down. He had put options on two airlines, or he didn't, but his firm did. So there was a connection there. Jeremy Scahill is a investigative author that wrote extensively about Pinal Air Base out there. And that's where these guys disappeared, too. That's where they were. That's where the FBI reported seeing them out in the Arizona desert. And at the same time, the head of the Saudi intelligence, the longtime guy, Prince Turkey Al-Fazl, was in the area. He was up in Las Vegas. He was in the same desert. About 100 guys that disappeared or they flew out about a week after the attack. Okay, so a lot of information there, but when he's talking about put options that close associates of George W. Bush were putting on airlines, a put option is essentially you're you're saying that the stock of United or American Airlines or whichever one uh, you're choosing, if you're putting a put option on, let's say, American Airlines, you're betting that the stock price will fall. And something like a 9-11 attack where American Airlines is used, that would absolutely make their stock price fall. So people had a lot of money to gain here, right? Um, very precise shit that, that Philip Marshall is talking about there. So um, th- again, that's an hour long conversation. You can find that on YouTube uh, very, very easily. If you guys want, uh, you know, just get in contact with us. I'll give you the information there. But um, I play that because, you know, the guy sounds reasonable. He sounds very well researched and, and experienced in what he's doing. He has access to flight simulators, um, you know, uh, which, you know, people can do that, obviously. But I find it interesting, right, that this guy is willing to come out and, and really share what he knows. Not only that, but his neighbors, dude, his, none of his neighbors in Calaveras County believe that he would have killed himself. He had two teenage kids that he was extremely proud of. Uh, he had just gone through a divorce. I'm not sure exactly when he went through the divorce, but his wife was out of the country during the time of their murder. Um, you know, it was uh, Philip Marshall, his two children, uh, a 17-year-old son, his 14-year-old daughter, uh, and then their family pet, a Shih Tzu dog, right? Um, they knew that he always kept his doors locked because he was a little bit paranoid after releasing these books about 9-11. And then, uh, you know, just he had a gun, he had a, a Glock, but there was no confirmation uh, ballistically speaking, that the that the Glock that he owned actually killed himself or his children. Again, remember, this is a murder-suicide, um, a double murder-suicide, I should say. 
It was very interesting, too, despite leaving all of his doors locked, his side door was wide open, not even just open, unlocked. His side door in his home in Calaveras County, in a gated community, by the way, with security, was left wide open. And the most fucking crazy shit here is before the police department came over, a fucking cleaning crew came by and kind of like just like made sure that there was nothing wrong. His personal computer went missing. And I mean, the, the crime scene was cleaned up before the, the forensic department in the county and before the police department came over to actually really diagnose what happened here. So there's a lot going on. It screams assassination to me and to anyone that actually knows the guy. What do you think about it? So you, you, you mentioned a couple things that I will just say from another article, the Calaveras Enterprise. Uh, they have a, a, a picture of the Forest Meadows, the, the housing area where, where, where he was at. They lay out a lot of stuff quite to the contrary of what you're saying. Now, I'm not saying this to refute any. I don't know where you're getting your sources and we won't get into sourcing uh, a, a sourcing dispute uh, on this. They will they will uh, talk about here. Uh, how there were no no signs of forced entry um, that some of them some of the doors were found unlocked but all of them were closed um, that there was uh, from a big five sporting goods some um, video surveillance showing uh, Philip just a few days prior to his death which let's get specific here I have uh, January 2nd, 2000, uh, let's, no, 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 sorry. That's February the, 2nd. Yeah. February 2nd. It was uh, Super Bowl weekend, which is fascinating. You know right. what I mean? Because Super Bowl is a huge distractional and sacrificial weekend, um, or week, you know, whatever. Obviously it always ha- takes place on a Sunday, but yeah, you're right, so, dude. I mean, uh, February 2nd, um, 2013. Now that, that's, that's when they were discovered. From what I understand, there was a good three to four days where no one heard them and uh, neighbors had called police to go there just for a wellness check because they hadn't heard anything from there. But just well, so like- the problem with that, dude, is that like there was no gunshots. This was supposedly carried out around two or three in the morning and there was no gunshots in this pretty. I mean, it was uh, pretty much a suburban neighborhood. Yes, it was gated, mm-hmm. uh, a wealthy, wealthy area and, and whatnot. But mm-hmm. no one heard gunshots. And um, again, the ballistics don't match necessarily. I mean, there's no proof that the ballistics match the gun that that he actually had. So the the again, this this article is pointing out that uh, yeah, the 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 when we get into the specifics of the way that the fingerprints are uh, being uh, being analyzed in this, but what they're saying is that they couldn't rule out. That it was Philip doing it. So again, there's 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 a, lo- a whole lot of uh, lack of evidence of absence here. Again, where you're saying there yeah. was there was no hear uh, the neighbors not hearing any gunshots. That's fine. It doesn't mean that there were no gunshots, right? It just means that no one heard it necessarily. Uh, and then the fact that they're not they can't rule out Philip doesn't mean that they said it was definitely Philip who pulled the trigger. Sure. Uh, but but that, that they couldn't rule uh, rule that out. Also, they they matched the ammunition that they got 
uh, him using and buying uh, on camera at the Big Five sporting goods store, they found that that was the the, the same one being used too. They also look for so in in these investigations. Did they, they find that for sure? They found that that they it, it, from your source. What yeah. what is the source that you were that you were looking at there? So this is Calaveras Enterprise. Uh, this is the let's see. This is so again, you guys uh, get to the source, however, however you want. But yeah, this yeah. Is, this is speci- this is from the Calaveras County Sheriff's Office who's releasing. Okay, this do you find it also interesting that the sheriff, and you can find this for yourself, and I can actually send you links to this, dude. The sheriff, right when the murder happened, the very next day after they found out it happened, like right away, the sheriff was calling another uh, 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 a high up individual within Calaveras County, trying to see if they could find an approved cleaner in quotes an approved cleaner to come over and take care of what was going on. Right. I mean, that's a little shady, dude. Right. I Like if you're going to sit there and say, not you, but if, if someone is going to sit there and say, uh, we need to fucking get the scene cleaned up because this guy was exposing some shit. Right. Who's to say that, Somebody didn't throw the sheriff of Calaveras County like a couple couple mil, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, as I'll get into, the uh, Bush administration um, was short $15 trillion in the years following. And I'll, I'll break that down a little later. I mean, that might get into the Patreon shit. But right. I the- find it fascinating that, that there was a lot of, of money that was being swapped in shady manners back in that time that you know the the sheriff of calaveras seemed to be perpetuating right i mean i don't if you say who's to say uh that he didn't get a, a payoff I, I i'm sure no one i mean anyone can say that i'm you know that i'm the yeah. type that that would look for for the evidence and that yeah proof. Know, just making a, a an allegation uh, can sometimes just lead one to thinking that that allegation is is true since you can't find since you don't have the answer for it uh, uh, itself. Now, th- sure, I, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that this guy, and I don't know if you have refutations for this. Uh, if you do, I would love to hear them. But this guy was going through a a lot of a lot of shit, uh, particularly with visitation rights and custody battles with his wife, Sean. Um, that had been going on for a long time in the same Calaveras Enterprise uh, article that they talk about from 2009. I'm sorry, uh, as early as 2008, um, how the custody of the the children had gone back and forth. He had been making calls to, let's see, um, he'd been making calls to his his wife, the kids. The kids had said, I'm scared, you know, I'm scared of dad. Um, he was it. He had at least sixty-seven thousand dollars in debt aside from his child support stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, again, you guys listen to this and think, "Well, what a perfect opportunity for the CIA to take this guy out." If you want to, yeah. But, but uh, you know, you get into some crazy, cra- uh, pretty crazy states when you're fighting for your kids. I mean, we yeah. we are sitting here knowing that we would never do that, but and, and that in and of itself makes us unable to talk about the state of this guy's this guy's mind well we've Um, never been in that position you and i personally right and so that's what that's why i find this case so fascinating is because i can actually believe it or not i can even understand why this guy would kill himself right but i also would understand like you said why the cia would want to come in or the fbi or the saudis or the bush administration or whoever 
would want to come in and take this guy out too because he wrote some phenomenal books about what was going on and the 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 main reason why i find uh why i would actually stick up for the assassination theory is because he was exposing information that no one else did. He was highly connected with Barry Seal, which we haven't even gotten into Barry Seal. For those that may not know, Barry Seal was a Medellin uh, cartel drug trafficker. He ended up getting popped, and he started being a DEA informant. Um, he was killed by some uh, Cubans. Uh, I guess it was Cubans. And it, it ended up being like Steve Pachenik, was tied in with with this Steve Pachenik. A lot of people think that Steve Pachenik was QAnon or is QAnon. Um, like the, I, I should say Q uh, for the people that actually know what the fuck's going on with Q. But when you start getting into these muddy waters like this, it makes fifty percent sense yeah. that he would kill himself, and fifty percent sense that he would be assassinated by the powers that be. Yeah, the, the the problem that you get into this is, it, it, and this happens with almost every assassination thing is, <clears throat> is that many of us, with Epstein, with McAfee, and and with Philip Marshall, we can understand how it could be exactly as the mainstream news is is saying. We can also say that it could be possible that it was part of this larger conspiracy. Then we say. Uh, okay, let's look for the evidence. The problem with that is that as good as the CIA is, as good as we've seen them be before, we know that they can get away with it without the evidence. You know, that, that they would know the exact, they would have the exact kind of connections uh, to, to, um, to, to undo that evidence that was there. So just to, yeah. to, 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 to lay out the, the epistemological part of this, it is that that is the that's the the rock in a hard place that we find ourselves in. Um, and I think it's important to point out the tautology that that both sides creates, right? That you can't just rely on the fact that it because it seems like it might have been CIA that it was. You got to find some bigger evidence, which we we do. And, and Philip Marshall lays out uh, uh, his evidence uh, posthumously. Right. Um, uh, now, with with us sharing his um, his, his his interview recordings, um, but uh, but also we've got this. And it's coming from mainstream sources, right? From the sheriff's office, the people who were closest to it, uh, saying saying some other stuff. You know, saying that it, it might have gone down. That it it's a perfectly le legitimate and logical next step for Philip Marshall to suicide himself. Right, uh, right there, just just the way that the mainstream media wants you to to hear it. So that's that's my my last bit on how we can think about this event. But um, the, I mean, I I hope you'll share your share you'll excuse me you'll share both uh, or all of your sources that that you've got here. I'm definitely gonna forward you over this uh, Cal Calaveras Enterprise uh, one as well. You sh the readers can uh, can read into that as they will. Yeah, dude. No, and I want to get into a little bit of the history from the Pinal Air Park specifically and why it's so fucking shady and, and just weird. Again, having mob connections, having CIA connections. Um, and, you know, I used to always uh, as a, a middle schooler, high schooler, uh, you know, early high school years um, and even elementary school. Um, you know, my, my dad would take me out to this uh, area that we just called Pinal, right? And we would go right out there because there was like uh, a lot of natural 
like uh you know jumps and like berms and all kinds of fun little obstacles for for anyone that was into riding dirt bikes right um after a good rain dude we would go out there and we would just fuck shit up and just like have a bunch of fun with our friends and i never thought twice about it being right across the street from this pinal air park but right when you pull in there's this giant giant mound i mean it's gotta be a hundred plus feet tall um it's a giant fucking mound of dirt um and it just looks like literally like if you were to take like a handful of dirt and throw it on the ground how it would form a pile it looks like that but scaled up a, a million times i mean it's a giant fucking pile of dirt and you know some of the crazy conspiracy theorist minded people would point that 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 is a telltale sign of like underground excavation underground tunnel networks and things like this um but it is literally right outside right by the entrance of pinal air park and so what is pinal air park it literally is um you know again like i said where the theory just to break it down very simply it's where the theory of these controlled drones remote controlled drones uh, that were meant to look like passenger planes stems from. So since 1942, okay, it was used as a CIA, and before that, the OSS, it was used as a headquarters for drug-running operations to weaken enemies around the world. Did you have something so, to say? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, this is, this is when they, the airline that the CIA ran, both uh, passenger and cargo, was called Air America. Yep. Um, so from 46 and from 1950 to 1976, the CIA, remember, because the, the government is often in charge of cutting edge technology. So the biggest, baddest planes were getting getting tried out here and also supplied and supported support uh, supported covert operations in Southeast Asia during the Vietnam War. And as you mentioned, uh, was providing uh, support for drug smuggling in Laos. Well, dude, so from what I understand, it's even deeper than that, though, because like I said, in 1942 is when it really started up. OK, and it was it was it was the disguise of, you know, the Pinal County owned that land, but the government kind of confiscated it and used it for their purposes. And Del Webb, I'm not sure if you know who Del Webb is, but he's a former New York Yankees owner and coincidentally, maybe not. Uh, also an Arizona Japanese American relocation camp builder. Okay. So the same guy that owned the fucking New York Yankees at the time was building relocation camps for Japanese Americans during world war II. Think about that for a second. Guy was also connected to the mob. This is where the, the uh, mafia connection comes in. And he officially, uh, you know, his company built this area to train upwards of 10,000 pilots for world war II. And then in 1945, the field was shut down. Uh, and then, you know, uh, just most of the infrastructure was removed and all of the resources that we used to build this thing. Think about this, dude. All of the, the resources were, were literally thrown down and then just taken out for three years. I mean, this was millions and millions of dollars back in the 40s to build this. And it was only in use for three years, officially under government uh, contract. So... When I hear about things like this, dude, I kind of start thinking, is it possible that 9-11 was planned for more than just the Bush administration? And when I say the Bush administration, I mean like Bush senior, because it's easy to, to, to kind of think that 
9-11 could have been planned under Bush Sr. And then he gets his son in there. Uh, you know, the only reason that he really got in over Al Gore was because it came down to George W. Bush's brother's state, Florida, where they had to count it and get it right. And, and they got their guy in. Um, but is it possible that the planning went in so much more in depth and so far, much farther in advance and talking pre-World War II? Did they did they literally set up this fucking area in Pinal County, Arizona, to train the pilots to take down the the fucking you know to carry out the World War uh, or I'm sorry the uh, the 9/11 attacks just to kind of perpetuate this control over the American people to enact the Patriot Act and to to just steal Americans' freedoms slowly do you think that that's possible or or do you think that i'm reaching there um it i i totally see where you're going uh it would be it would be akin to me saying i think that uh if 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 you don't believe that the 911 uh attacks were some uh, conspiracy other than what the conspiracy, the mainstream conspiracy that's laid out there, which is, yeah. uh, 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 you know, some, uh, mastermind by, by, by bin Laden. It's, it would be akin to saying that way back in the eighties, when we were arming him, that he was making moves already to make that, that nine 11 attack a thing because it's, it's akin to it because all of the pieces are there. They're all in the same geography and they're all getting funding from the same places. When you link those two things together over that large of a timeline, I'm not saying it's not possible. Um, I, I, just, I just think that it is, you, you then create a mechanism for conspiracy that is all the more, uh, in, all the more intricate and has all the more of a chance for there to be some kind of a whistleblower to let out, not even from the outside, like Philip Marshall, from the inside, you know, like yep. uh, 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 Al Qaeda, and and later down the later down the line, ISIS um, mm -hmm. uh, defectors, people who were just captured, and maybe we squeezed squeezed some information out of there um, through obviously through torture, but in Guantanamo Bay, like all of those, all of yeah, you have, Abu you have, Grabe. I mean, yeah, you get all these things. You have all these opportunities for, for information to leak out. And the fact that it doesn't, I would argue, just doesn't line up with human psychology. But 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 I'll, I'll tell you this. They're going they're up to the those these same agencies are up to just are up to shady shit along this entire timeline. Right. From the time that yeah. uh, Air America could have been uh, established, as you're saying, for this reason to 9-11, they're doing their own kind of crazy shit anyways. Um, I don't. I don't I don't know if that large of a conspiracy even needs to be put in there to explain how how it could have been a cons conspiracy of that scale. You know, I don't know. It, it, it just every time that you add pieces, moving parts to a conspiracy like that, it just makes it more flimsy near the top and more likely to to, to fall down in my summation. But but well, don't let me keep that away from from you pro uh, prognosticating there. Well, no, I mean, I, it's not, I think that where you're at there is, is legit, but you get the, you get this company called Evergreen that comes in and they start fucking around there 
um there's just too much supposedly a year before he died he went there and he met up with some of his cia buddies from the 80s um you know barry seal was dead but um you know meeting up with with people that he shouldn't have really i mean maybe these guys got him killed you know going and meeting there maybe he was a little too vocal or whatever but he goes and he meets up with these characters and and uh you know supposedly get some smoking gun evidence he told his friends and his family members about it and maybe like you mentioned like his kids were afraid of him maybe this is kind of what they were afraid of because he's sitting there fucking like chugging a bottle like just with a fucking vodka bottle and a brown bag and he's like listen Michaela you know his daughter's name Michaela he's yeah. like listen Michaela I, we got some serious shit going on here and daddy might daddy might get killed you know what I mean like it's just like who knows like what yeah. these family conversations were like yeah in that same interview that you played earlier he talks about the fact that he's getting his information from sources at the Pinal airport uh air, air park and yeah. that there's three of them in particular and he takes a special care to not uh, not name who they are because in his words they're still giving him information so this yep. guy yeah because this circle is so tight it it, it uh, of of pilots who have engaged in these kinds of operations that, that that just means that you don't just leave it right you still have their numbers you still stay in contact if you want to be able to talk to someone as he was probably needing to do in his bipolar state he was diagnosed by the way um they that, say that, that they say that but that i find that interesting you know what i mean and i know that like you know people can hold on to that um bipolar is a pretty difficult thing to diagnose from what i understand um, pretty arbitrary. I mean, there's a, I'll, I'll tell you, you can recognize some, there's, there's, there's levels, but you can recognize when someone is not bipolar at, uh, at sure. least so there's a little bit of a, of a discriminatory availability there. And again, just the fact that he was diagnosed like that doesn't therefore mean, do you he, know when he was diagnosed though? Like what year? Uh, let me see if this same article has it, because it's such a great way to kind of pawn off. Uh, 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 like it's like calling someone schizophrenic. It's like prove it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like prove that that I'm schizophrenic, or prove that so and so is schizophrenic. It's it's a difficult thing to do. Well, but I'll, I will tell you with my uh, so in this uh, Calaveras Enterprise article, they recognize they they say that the diagnosis of bipolar came in 2005. But I'll tell okay. you the these these high level level pilots. I think I've mentioned this before. They're a different level of human. Like I'm not yeah. saying they're they're absolutely they're, they're they're crazy. I mean they're fucking each other's wives on bases like crazy. Yep. Uh, they are. They're I, I step step below astronauts as far as like superhuman type and like just like the ability to disassociate with things. Yeah, yeah, and people who who want to or who can handle that level of a high that that flying an airplane gives to you. Yeah, you yeah. got to recognize that there's good, that there's, there's gotta be uh lows that, that come with it too. Well, dude, Again, you also got to understand too, like what, like what's going on with the fucking, like with the vaccines currently, like just to tie it into something modern pilots are really having a fucking run with like, you know, shitty reactions. You know what I mean? Like, like British, uh, British airlines, the main uh, British um, aeronautics company, whatever you would, airline company i guess 
they are uh, reportedly in talks with the British government about reimbursing them for having so many pilots dying because these people are spending so much time in the air. They're getting heavily radiated, which Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know. And they're telling people currently that have been vaccinated not to fly which is kind of sad because a lot of people went out and got their vaccinations so that they could fucking travel. But a lot of people that are, are, are being told not to fucking fly right now when they right. get vaccinated because it, it, it increases the chances of blood clots. So, I mean, like there, the, you're right, dude, there's a serious, like almost a superhuman element to these pilots and these people that spend like Philip Marshall, 15,000 plus hours in the sky. That's not a normal person that can do that kind of shit. Yeah, you're right. I uh, if you're if you're uh, quite done with with that, I have another uh, in- incident uh, relating to some uh, possible some alleged suiciding that comes from someone who doesn't have the same kind of shady background, but maybe also suffered from some kind of burnout. We can understand why, but uh, it's related to to another incident. Did you want to talk about uh, uh, Philip Marshall anymore? I mean, all that I had other than than what we did, I can probably blow through it, dude. I, I just had some things with, um, you know, he was looking into that BCCI financial scandal. Um, he said that that had a lot to do with the Bush administration and the Bush family. Um, you know, this this financial scandal was, uh, again, trillions of dollars that were being funneled to the government um, through banks and um, just kind of really reiterates that idea that the banking industry and the financial industry as a whole is just in the back pocket of government. This is true fascism, people. Fascism is not uh, right wingers. OK, right wingers, as people like to say, are not fascists. Right wingers as a whole quite often are populists. They're people that have more national pride than racial pride. Uh, in my opinion, and in my experience, hanging out with people that consider themselves right wing, they definitely don't hate black people. They don't hate people from out of the country as long as they migrate here uh, legally. Uh, but yeah, this BCCI shit, that's something that people should look into. Um, you know, December of 2000 is when the government went into go mode for this project, um, for this this whole thing where, uh, you know, the Saudis were being trained in the Arizona desert. The FBI reportedly warned for almost a full year before 9-11-2001 was taken, uh, you know, carried out. FBI was warning and the warnings were ignored. Um, and this was, again, coming out of fucking Pinal, Arizona. We've heard that the FBI was warning about this, but I mean, it just blew my fucking mind, dude, that, that you know, this really kind of bummy area of Arizona, of it, I mean, it's not even Tucson. It's literally in the middle. Um, if, if anyone's ever driving down I-10, uh, going from like Phoenix to Tucson, for whatever fucking reason you find yourself in Tucson, um, you know, and you're driving down, you'll see a giant mound of fucking dirt. That's Pinal Air Park. It's behind that. You know what I mean? It's a fascinating fucking uh, thing to try and wrap your head around that this, this area in the middle of nowhere is responsible for some, you know, one of the greatest tragedies that our country has ever seen. So um, that that's the the really the last thing that I had there, Brandon. What were we gonna say? Man? I mean, you just you can't uh, a whole bunch of stuff. I can't remember if it's. I think it's the, the, the Nevada Triangle that we talked about before. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. A, a whole bunch of stuff can happen in the desert, as <laughs> Joe Pesci and Casino says, right? Yeah, just like it's just you. You gotta be. You gotta have enough space. 
to uh, to to experiment with whatever shit you want to get. A lot of holes into. been dug out in those deserts. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I think is that that's that's the Nero talking right there. Um, yeah, but uh, and this is this is why they were uh, uh, dropping. Uh, well, if you believe it, it was real or not, but this is why they were using this area to drop uh, atomic bombs. Uh, and and yep. test that shit out too, right? You just you gotta make sure that no one's there. And Tucson, the north part of Tucson, where Pinal uh, is, or north of Marana, there, right? Um, it's it, in Marana technically. So so Marana as a whole is part of Pinal and uh, Pima. Right. So Marana is a weird little area, but yeah, they technically like the locals call Pinal Air Park Marana Air Park, um, but it's technically called Pinal Air Park. And this is an area that has really only, in the last, I would say, 20 years, uh, uh, been kind of developed more, where it's become kind of what we call the exurbs, right? Where people who used to want to live in suburbs, they now kind of hopscotch over the the, the, the former exurbs and go to these places, these nice places that, that, that line the cities like that. So it's only now that people are, are, are rooting around there building houses. But before then the government could do whatever they wanted to. And, and Arizona, uh, being a, a homestead state, I mean, this whole state was, was founded uh, with the thanks of the, the federal government. So they had free reign of, of this land, man. Dude, you know, it's interesting. You bring up suburbs, you know, like the story behind, like why the suburb was created. Tell me. It's fascinating. So it's it's pretty interesting, dude. So uh, again, Pinal Air Park was created for World War II. The suburb was created for World War II as well. There was this baby boom, you know, what oh, we call yes, 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 the Homestead Act. And the, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so the suburbs were created to sort of perpetuate this boom in population to pack as many people as possible into the smallest and most efficient areas that they could. Um, essentially you were a hundred percent on the grid if you're living in a subdivision and a lot of people live in subdivisions and it's actually a very desirable place to live for a lot of people. For me personally, I wanted to get the fuck out of subdivisions um, because I, I lived in them my whole life, but I find it interesting that you bring up the, the subdivisions and, and just how it ties in with, with this whole fucking thing, dude, world war two was probably, I mean, I would say undeniably, the most influential time in american history dude yeah uh and then the last uh last 70 years or well since that time for sure i mean the american landscape is built off of that yeah what what happened was uh, the u.s government would just give like really really cheap uh, mortgages through the uh, the gi yeah. bill especially yep. to to these returning yep, yep. gis and they could go buy these super cheap houses the houses that were so cheap because they were building uh being built like cookie cutter houses right the way that exactly i have that same feeling about suburbs today where it's just like oh this is so dis like I, this is gross it doesn't have any character to me at all i want to get the fuck out of here um, well your area is yeah. nice you know what i mean like the area that you're at i know that you like like where you're at you know the house there's different variations of that have yeah. you seen the movie vivarium no no Dude, watch that shit. It's fascinating. It's a fucking great, great movie, dude. You'd love it. Watch that shit tonight with Denise, dude. It's a really good movie. It's sure. like uh, it's Jesse Eisenberg, and they pull in. They they want to get their own life started, and they pull into this neighborhood with their realtor, 
and every single house is the same and each house even has their its own cloud over it that looks the exact <laughs> same and they pull in there dude and the uh the realtor just leaves them and the they can't get out of this fucking neighborhood like they get lost in the neighborhood and they just end up like just fucking moving into the house i mean uh, uh american liberals look at the uh american suburbs with distaste too because as you you, you mentioned earlier that they they are packed in there but they yeah. are packed in there in such a way that everyone can afford the American dream. The thing about the American dream is that it's quite expensive and the, the ways yeah. that our cities are built based off of it is a huge, if you want to compare it to real big ass cities is can be seen as a, as a huge resource waste uh, because of the size of, 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 of streets and the real sheer size of the suburb. Cause everyone wants a lawn. Everyone wants a one to a two car, two car garage. Right. But, yep, um, exactly. Two and a half kids, yeah. all that bullshit. So yeah, let's man. let's hear what you got, man, because uh, I am hungry for some tacos right for now. Sure. To eat. But yeah, so, I, I do want to hear what you got, man, because there is some fascinating shit with just people just kind of being disappeared. So I got another. Yeah, I got another uh, ish, uh, example of, of some strange disappearance some strange uh, alleged suiciding happening to a uh, and, and some false flag events. Uh, associated with an event that I had never seen before referenced as a false flag. I think I mentioned something funky about Charlie Hebdo in, in our uh, prior episode, but let me uh, lay out for you guys. If you haven't, re if you can't remember uh, what Charlie, the Charlie Hebdo attack was really based on what it, what, what came of it. So Charlie Hebdo, uh, the attack happened in 2015. This is where two gunmen shot their way into the offices of a satirical magazine. Uh, the magazine was called Charlie Hebdo. This was in Paris, France. They killed 12. Uh, many of them were members of the, the, the magazine's writing staff and injured 11 more. There's a shit ton of videos that are really, really gripping, uh, terrible videos of people walking right up to their, the assailants walking right up to their victims and, and shooting them point blank. It's a terrible, mm. terrible attack. Uh, the attack was fueled by the magazine's printing of a depiction of the Prophet Muhammad in a not-so-flattering way. We'll just say that. You guys can look it up yourself. I'm not going to do it justice by describing it here. But, um, hey, but the Muslims are peaceful, right? Well, I mean that's 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 why you, it's, it's it's strange bedfellows that these conspiracy theories uh, that follow this uh, create. We don't want to fight, but if you draw a fucking picture of my God, I'm gonna murder everyone. Right. It is important here to keep in mind that any betrayal of the Prophet Muhammad is strictly forbidden in Islam. <laughs> so the uh, the assailants, these guys, Saeed and Sharif Kuwachi, uh, were found and shot. Uh, a couple, a few days later, after a, a massive manhunt and standoff with the police, so the reaction to these attacks was largely in support of free speech, of freedom of the press, of freedom to satirize, etc., and overall, you know, a defense of of Western values. Um, but because of the obvious similarities, and I'll get into those similarities, but because of the similarities between this attack and 9-11, there were some conspiracy theories that sprang up thereafter. Now, mm. I'll let you know, not all of these conspiracies are completely anti-Semitic in principle, but unfortunately, one guy wa was very put put the idea of this attack being a false flag 
He put it in very, very good words. And based on his other content, you guys can look him up if you want to. He's most obviously anti-Semitic to me, but he, he sums up this conspiracy theory quite good. He's, his name is Kevin Barnett. Uh, he was a Muslim 9-11 truther. And he says, speaking of the Charlie Hebdo attack, if it walks like one and talks like one, and if it perpetuates the 9-11 false flag narrative about radical Islam like one, well, I'm calling it a false flag until proven otherwise. So some background for why this attack may have been a false flag event. Sometime prior to the attack, the lower house of the French Congress had voted to recognize Palestine as a state through the UN. And the, fresh pre- uh, the French president, Hollande, Uh, had voiced his support for easing some economic sanctions against Russia. So the idea here was that France was starting to not tow the Washington, D.C. official Western line, where in Western Western world in D.C., largely, if if you're not going to be some radical uh, liberal, you cannot acknowledge Palestine as a state, right? It's Israel only. And you cannot let, as as President Trump saw uh, during his time, you cannot appear weak on Russia, right? Otherwise, you seem like you are uh, towing some some line for them, or and 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 stepping away from the mainstream uh, economic ideas that that uh, DC has in mind for us. So, um, all right. So that's kind of the idea of why this attack might have been a false flag. Who, though, did it? Well, according to conspiracy theorists, and especially that Kevin Barnett, like I just mentioned, uh, the Israeli uh, Secret Service, what is it? What are, what are they called? Mossad, right? Yep. Um, they could have been them because France was starting to toe this line that uh, maybe we could get along with a state called Palestine. Maybe that's a possibility. Um, the, there's, there's a whole bunch of American conservatives, including... Uh, uh, the the late Rush Limbaugh, who was blaming people like uh, President uh, Obama at the time for his uh, observed acceptance of of um, honoring the Islamic practice of not slandering the Prophet of Islam. Um, there's other ideas that it was U.S. intelligence um, that that set these guys up, that paid them off to attack this magazine and just write their motive off to the fact that this magazine had printed these unflattering images of Muhammad. Some people even say it was France themselves, uh, the French secret service who did this. Just some people in the French uh, government who weren't happy with how independent France was becoming and wanted to, uh, wanted to make sure that France again, started towing that Western, uh, what that Western overall ideology, even, uh, Ron, uh, Ron Paul, you remember him? He's this, this, this Senator, and uh, he, he tried to run for president a couple times, right? Yeah. Well, his uh, his son. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, sorry. I'm a big fan of his son. Yeah, Rand Paul, right? Yeah. Well, his uh, his uh, organization, the Institute for Peace and Prosperity, uh, he they published a a column that was even calling even went as far as calling the Charlie Hebdo attack a, fla- a false flag operation in itself. They particularly mm. noted that the French police commissioner who was in charge of um, investigating the whereabouts of the assailants leading up to the attack, this guy, Helric Fredou, uh, that he committed suicide just a few days after, just a little bit after the uh, the, the attack. 
Um, the scary thing about that, again, he would have been the one tracking, uh, tracking down where the assailants were leading up to the attack. And if the assailants had, you know, gone somewhere that would have pointed to them being associated with one of these many organizations that I just mentioned, um, instead of something like Al Qaeda, which uh, keep in mind the, the attackers, uh, called themselves uh, devotees of al-Qaeda, even said that they went to uh, Syria to to get training from them. So if this police commissioner in his investigation had found, had found out that these guys had gone anywhere other than Syria for al-Qaeda training, maybe to France, maybe to Israel, maybe, the, maybe to the U.S., well, that would have raised some red flags. Therefore, they had to knock him off. Um, there are some other uh, other similarities to the the 9/11 slash false flag uh, event. There's some other calling cards here, particularly the fact that they found uh, one of the attackers' passports from Syria in apparently perfect shape after he had been through some bombing and some shootings. Yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah, again, but you're left questioning. How is this paperwork, this perfect documentation, this perfect uh, breadcrumb trail um, laid out there for us? How is it surviving all these these firefights that these guys were allegedly involved in? Um, yep. Other people noted that uh, the survivors of the attack had come out of buildings already in bulletproof vests. That raised some eyebrows, too. Um I, 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 again, a lot of these conspiracy theories, they, they rummage around with Mossad and the fact that there's this international cabal with, with Jews at the head of them that are all just trying to make Muslims look bad. Um, so I won't stand for any of that, but the, the idea that this police commissioner could have found something and, uh, been ready to, to blow the whistle, um, it, 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 it could stand up a little bit by itself. He apparently killed himself right after coming from uh, an interview with some of the friends and uh, and neighbors of the assailants themselves too. So he had whatever information right there on the, on, on the, on, you know, on the front of his front of his mind, ready to write it down, man. Um, if he tapped into something that the higher powers didn't want them to, didn't want him to put out. Well, that's, that's an easy way to take care of him, I suppose. Yeah, man. I mean, there is a uh, a fascinating just line. I mean, uh, essentially what we just did here was a 9-11 episode, right? Um, so many fucking things tie into 9-11 and this shadow government that Philip Marshall was trying to warn people about. Was he crazy? Probably. Was he suicidal? Possibly. Was he wanting to kill his kids to make his wife upset? I highly doubt that. I honestly highly doubt it. Can I disprove it? No. But I find this uh, this whole dynamic here fascinating. Um, I appreciate your research on this, Brandon, because I think that you brought some really interesting facts here that I didn't know. Um, this was a, a fun little discussion, dude. And I hope that uh, we can learn more about this guy. Not enough people are talking about this stuff. Um, like I said, it's impossible to fucking find his books. Um, if you do, let me know because you know these fucking things are worth a lot of money. You can, like I said, keep your eyes out for these books um, at, at used bookstores. What happens if you buy one uh, online? I, again, I, I I wouldn't buy one on on Amazon or whatever with a credit card. Uh, with that being said, guys. Hope you enjoyed this. Thank you again to all the Patreon subscribers. 
Tell your friends, tell your family, trying to grow this, trying to make sure that we can do more research and just, uh, you know, kind of expand what we're doing over here. Buy Manscaped, guys. Buy Manscaped. Yeah, absolutely. Buy Manscaped. Uh, use the promo code DANGER. You get 20% off and free shipping. And visit DangerousWorldStore.com. Uh, it's not Dangerous uh, World Store. It's DangerousWorldStore.com. And, uh, you know, we just appreciate everything. Uh, this is a blast. We have so much fun doing it. Again, uh, I don't know if I mentioned that in this. I know I did in the uh, preview. Oh, yeah, I did in the beginning. Watch fucking Fried Berry because I'm going to talk with this guy on Sunday. And uh, it's it's a, a very, very interesting movie about aliens and about conspiracy and all that shit. So check that out on Shudder. You get a free week if you don't already have Shudder. Fried Berry is the movie, guys. Check that out. Thank you to the Patreons for listening to this. And take care, everybody. Stay safe out there. Peace.